Hi, this is Eugene Jarvis, and welcome to Video Game Bullshit! This is Jeffrey Wittenhagen. I'm an author of multiple gaming books, including collector's guides for both the Nintendo and Super Nintendo. I'm a huge fan of action RPGs like The Legend of Zelda and obscure systems like the Neo Geo and TurboGrafx-16. And we've got guys. Hey, hey. I'm big into uh, no-death runs, high-score runs, uh, collector of all things vintage and retro. Uh, pretty much anything video game related. Also collect figures, vinyl, VHS, tap handles, old beer signs, and old beer steins. Please call our number, leave a voicemail or a text message at 262-264-VGBS. Video game bullshit is back. Back in the <laughs> saddle, baby. Hallways of the always. <laughs> always of the always, and this time the door says Double Dragon 2, The Revenge. Fuck yeah, man. Hell yeah. Double Dragon 2 is probably, like, combined our favorite game of all time. Like, the game that when we play together, it's like our all-time favorite. Oh, no doubt. And Double Dragon 1 and 2, and even 3 for the NES, just the whole... Uh, aesthetic, the badassness of it, and a lot of things that connect to other pop culture things, which we'll talk about. The whole vibe about the whole Double Dragon series is amazing, but to me, too, is the pinnacle. And this is for the NES, because these also existed for the arcade, of course. Of course. And they are different games. Much different games. So let me uh, lay the wallpaper. If you will. If you will, baby. <laughs> so... <laughs> Double Dragon 2, The Revenge, is a side-scrolling beat-em-up um, produced by Technos Japan. Uh, as Kyle mentioned, it was originally released as a coin-operated game in 1988, and it is the first sequel to Double Dragon, which was released the year prior. Uh, ironically, the arcade, the Black Warriors leader, Willie, actually guns down their girlfriend, Marion, which is why the game's called The Revenge. Whereas the NES version, you have a whole different type of thing because you actually don't fight Willie at all in the NES version, which is pretty badass. That they went their own route with the Nintendo version. Uh, it was released two years later on the NES in 1990, so it's just like an all-time classic um, example of Nintendo taking something from the arcades, making it their own, giving it awesome controls, changing around some of the mechanics, and it actually working out excellently. Yeah, they totally got rid of Machine Gun Willie. Leave it to Nintendo to remove the murder. One of the funnest part about it, the game is all the and all the bad guys, man, which we'll get to for sure. Another thing, too, that we got to mention at the beginning with the controls, Double Dragon 2 controls are a lot like Renegade for the NES, which was uh, Kunio-kun in Japan, but um, it's like where you face one side and your kick and punch are one button, and then they get reversed when you turn around. So that's one thing you have to get used to. Yeah, the whole attack left, attack right with different button presses is something that's different um for sure and in all reality it's like i found myself you know doing the the new moves the hurricane kick and the hyper knee more often than not because no matter what those are universal mm -hmm. and they kick ass and they're just fun to pull off with the special moves um that's really what helps make the game even better than it would be just as a normal awesome game i mean because to me it's like among the best two-player co-op game, I would say, for the NES or pretty much any system, as far as I'm concerned. It's hard to beat this one. Yeah, the co-opness of this game is very satisfying when you're sitting there attacking and uh, destroying guys. And when you get in sync with the other player, you can literally just destroy everything on the screen. It's fucking amazing. Especially when you practice the timing 
with the uh, the hyper knee and the uppercut because really when you you can either throw a hyper knee or an uppercut when you land after a jump or when you get knocked down when you get back up you can land it too so there's actually two points during combat that you can hit those moves so getting the timing down for that is pretty much essential if you just want to really destroy the game like a no death run type thing you really need to know those special moves because it does get pretty tough, especially if you're just, you know, single player. Yeah, I would say that having the timing is definitely key and a good point that when you're playing on an actual CRT with the NES, the timing's flawless, whereas you have to watch out depending on how you're playing it because if you're playing it on an emulator, there might be lag. I've noticed that on the AVS HD system, there's no lag on that one, which is the where I, how I play my games in HD nowadays. But if I'm playing it with something like a Raspberry Pi, there may, might be a little bit of minute lagness, and that just doesn't mean that you know I won't be able to pull off a hyper knee, but I won't be able to pull off like 20 in a row, which I can do on the NES. It's like we've talked about before with that little split second of difference it is big, especially if you're used to one way, you know, you kind of have to readjust. Also with the moves, I always found that, like, anyone that I showed this game to when I was a kid was, like, loved it. Like, no one hated this game. This was the one game that, like, everyone who ever came over was just fell in love with this game. So this was kind of, for me, it's like the, the go-to game when friends came over back in the day. This was the one. Because you could get far... Even, you know, if you hadn't really played it before. And then if you really wanted to get far, you could play it on that mode B, two-player, and you could kill the second player and take all his lives. Oh, yeah. So there is that, too. Also, Game Genie, of course. They had all the codes in there. Um, <laughs> so you could beat the game as well. So you could just beat it through with anybody. And that was just one of the fun things, just playing Double Dragon 2 through. You know what I mean? It's just like, it never got old. <laughs> well, and... With the platforming, which is hit or miss, because the platforming in the in the NES version is is definitely not the best, but with that, it adds a level of randomness and skill and timing that makes each playthrough a little bit different. Because if you get past the, some of them hardcore platforming sections, you can essentially beat the game if you know the techniques. But yeah, it was it's a hundred percent fun each time you play it. And with the special moves, you never know exactly how you're going to beat an enemy because you just literally knock them across the entire screen, including the giant bosses. Oh, oh yeah. So um, go ahead and talk about your uh, your first you know, initial experiences with the Double Dragon 2. Yeah. Went over to uh, Joey and Joanne Lee's house. They lived down the street. We talk about them more um, on the Mario Memories episode. But he had Double Dragon 1. So the thing was, my dad and I, we would go to the dentist, you know, get our checkups. I think it was like, you know, every six months or whatever. And the thing was, after the checkup, they would say, you know, you can't eat or drink for half an hour. This was in Hammond. So down the street, there was Woodmar Mall was down there and I think the building some of it still kind of stands but it's pretty much been demolished. Um it's been a dead mall for a while. It's like a relic of the uh, relic of the 90s. Yeah, man. <laughs> and so we had a half an hour to blow before we could eat. So the whole ritual was we would go to all the stores like Woodmar Records and like J&J Coins. They had all, you know, the collectibles and like magic cards and stuff like that. And then you go to uh KB Toys. So I was really young at this point. Magic hadn't come out yet. That was more in like junior high and stuff. Or at least it may have been out, but we weren't into it yet. It was in the really pubescent phases. But yeah, as far as the KB goes, we um, went there looking for Double Dragon that day. One of the many days. But that, on that day, again, it was kind of like the other story where I was looking for uh, Ninja Gaiden. And I ended up getting Legend of Zelda. In this instance, I was looking for Double Dragon 1, and then they didn't have it, Uh-oh. so I ended up getting Double Dragon 2. <laughs> you could just tell it was super badass. I mean, I was like, fuck. And then after that, we would end up going to the food court, classic memories, 
And then um, Dad would always get Shoop's cheeseburger, and I'd always get pizza pizzazz, big old slice of New York-style cheese. And then that was like our thing. But yeah, that was my first memory. And then bringing it home, I actually ended up liking it a bit more than Double Dragon 1, only because you have the two-player. And it's a whole different deal with Double Dragon 2. The thing with Double Dragon 1 was, though, at times you could get tripped up and you could die these really cheap, crazy deaths sometimes when you're trying to do that platforming. Double Dragon 2 still had that, but it wasn't as bad. Um, It wasn't as crazy, and they had improved on it a little bit. But, um, yeah, that was my first memory. And then from there, it was just the go-to game, man. And fucking still to this day, it's the go-to game. (laughs) Some craziness was, like, always, like, in the Indiana area. Like, everything revolves around food in Indiana, I swear. It's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Always. (laughs) Pretty much, dude. (laughs) So how about you? When was the first time you experienced the the magic? So mine's a little bit different. First, I wanted to talk about and piggyback on what you mentioned about Double Dragon because I remember playing Double Dragon as a kid um, first, and I would rent it at Custom Top Video Shop over Cedar Lake, Indiana. And I remember playing it, didn't quite like it. You know, it had that whole level up aspect, so you had to grind out points in order to unlock moves and i didn't quite like that because i just wanted all my moves right from the beginning um but i did play the one-on-one fighting mode a lot so with all the crazy ass music just give it to me (laughs) like the classic like fighting with a bobo running around (laughs) technos music was always badass (laughs) fucking crazy yeah awesome though (laughs) so I remember that, but somehow our, our buddy uh, Eric, you know the Keenan man, he um somehow got a copy of Double Dragon Two. I can't remember if he borrowed it from his cousins mm. or if he just ended up getting a copy for the NES because he only had a f- couple games, but Double Dragon Two was one of them. And we used to play that thing day in and day out, like destroying everything in it (laughs) and i just remember going through and just like playing through all the little classic pieces the glitches the you know mess messing around when people were going um when the bad guys were coming down the ladder and you just need the fuck out of them off the ladder and watch them go flying and (laughs) like it was all classics when it came with double dragon 2 and it was literally it was right around you know probably a couple years after it was released is when we started to play it. It would have been more like 91, 92 era. Um, and it was just like a, a classic go-to staple. That that game along with um, Contra and Jackal and Narc. And those were like the... And Battletoads. Those were like the staples that uh, Eric and I used to play. But it wasn't until many moons later when you and I started to play it that I really started to master the game. And then it started to become, like, second nature. Yes. Yes. And that's a big thing, too. When you have two people who both have played the game for years and years and years, and then they come back to it, it it's a true pleasure to, like, just go nuts. I do want to say that I don't think you and I ever played it as a kid. No. And it's it's one of those games, though, where danger is always, like, really close. Yeah. Yeah, danger definitely close. Danger is just always like nearby. You can fall off a cliff or, you know, do something stupid, and all all of a sudden you like lose those lives, which are pretty crucial near the end of the game. But it's always one of those things. It's it's one of those games where it's hard to get through the whole game without like some little bullshit <laughs> that happens. You know, like with the helicopter that'll hit you off the side. <laughs> you just walk off a cliff. Or during, you know, the the later levels with the traps, you just, for some reason, you just have a hard time, you know? It's one of those games that's like, no matter how good you get at it, it can always, like, get you in the ass, you know what I mean? <laughs> there is a lot of randomness. Yeah, like in level 6 and level 7, I've seen people that just fall apart. Level 6 is uh, the Mansion of Terror, <laughs> and then level 7, the trap room, people just they just fall apart. That's like the make or break spot, you know? 
Back in the day, Eric could like never get into that door when you have to do the multiple jumps, and he always would fall in the spikes. And then later on, the make or break, and still to this day for us even, is the um, the gears with the spikes jumping up. That always can be a random kick us in the ass. Yeah, that's like the hardest platforming part in that game for sure, without a doubt. It kind of became a staple with Double Dragon as well, where you would just have these little parts with um, even Double Dragon 3, you know, with the Egypt level. That gets some crazy platforming and that's the thing you could play a you could fight amazing through the whole game and then you just fuck up you know in the mansion of terror or the trap room and that's it you know (laughs) and do a flawless run we've had we've had no death runs that have have died right there Mm Mhm. so it's just one of those quirky crazy things with that now the thing is with the the bad guys the enemies and the whole game i would say it has like this cyberpunk dystopian type vibe going on. We have like your gangs, the back alleys and stuff like that. There's like, you know, skyscrapers and it's nighttime. It's very 80s. Now, the interesting thing is how in the first game as well, for the NES and the second game, like the progression, you start off like in the streets and then you slowly like make it to the palace. And then you fight the bad guy. So it's very much like uh, Enter the Dragon, Mm -hmm. like Mortal Kombat. There's other Enter the Dragon similarities, though, that are really cool. So John Saxon, his character's name is Roper. (laughs) (laughs) It's hilarious. Yeah. You have Jim Kelly, the actor. His his character is Williams. Yep, for sure. (laughs) And you have Bruce Lee is Lee, the Lee brothers. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's, like, so obvious what they were inspired by, you know? (laughs) That's awesome, though. Because it also inspired Mortal Kombat, right? Like, Yeah, it definitely inspired Mortal Kombat, and the Mortal Kombat movie took a lot of parallels to Enter the Dragon, which is freaking cool. Yes. Yeah. So, just had to throw that in there. Now, we should talk about the enemies, because... Every enemy, as we mentioned, except for Machine Gun Willie, is in Double Dragon 2. Um, they've just been kind of beefed up. Plus they added the, you know, mysterious shadow boss, or mysterious warrior, nameless martial artist, whatever they want to call him. <laughs> yes, there have been new additions to the flock. So you have the, the Arnold guys. The flock. <laughs> The Shadow Masters flock. The Arnolds. Arnolds, dude. They're fucking badass. That shoulder block is just brutal. Especially in level four, the undersea base, when you can't, like, jump and there's those spikes. Mm-hmm. That's probably the hardest Arnold, I would say, in the game. You basically can't even jump up because you'll just immediately hit the spikes. My strategy, I would just go all the way to the right and just try to punch him before he even got onto the screen. I don't know if that ever helped, but... That was my strategy. The other technique would be to um, just jump and take a damage with a spike and then just time the knee and destroy him. Waste him away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> take, a, take a little damage to give a little damage. Sometimes you have to, especially if you know you can hit it. Exactly. The other Arnold that's hilarious is in the, uh, the end of the Forest of Death level when you have that like engine locomotive and he comes out. You can do so much with... With him, because you just get on a platform and, like, waste him. And he never sees it coming. It's hilarious. <laughs> so, um, interestingly enough, I don't know if you know this or if most people listening know this, but the Famicom and NES versions of the game are different of Double Dragon 2. In which ways? Um, so, basically, the besides for the obvious language, like, being Japanese and the Famicom... Mm-hmm. Both versions have three difficulty settings at the start of the game, but the Famicom version allows the entire game to be played on any difficulty setting. So on easy or or medium or whatever, you can actually um, play through the entire game. Oh, that's awesome. Because on the NES, the easy setting ends after three stages, and, and medium ends after eight, and you don't get to see the Shadow Boss. Right. And it can only be released on the hardest setting on the NES. Um, the difficulty settings are also balanced differently on the Famicom version. So the platforming sections in Mission 6 are easier on easy and normal settings 
than they were on the equivalent settings for the NES version, which is interesting. Oh, wow. And in the Famicom version, the enemies have more health on the hardest difficulty. No shit. The other really cool thing is is that um, the NES version requires the player to input a cheat code at Game Over to continue the game on the previous stage when you get Game Over, whereas Famicom just allows you to choose it as an option, which is pretty cool. So the Famicom version is really the ultimate version of Double Dragon 2. That makes me wonder whether there's only one difficulty for the U.S. version. It's always on hard, I guess. Yeah. Or is it always on easy? I don't know. <laughs> That's the other question, because... It just limits how far you can go, but it's the same difficulty in the U.S., you know what I mean? Well, exactly. They kind of chinsed out. <laughs> the Famicom was released a couple months beforehand, so um, one has to think that changing it to English, had to they had to have limited something, and maybe that's why they cut out some of the difficulties, like the balancing and everything, and got rid of some options. It's really interesting. It's really weird. That's completely different, too. Yeah super cool though <laughs> that changes it yeah the other new enemies they brought in were the uh burnov the helmet head guy he's cool he like disappears and then reappears and then the the frankentysons that's what i call them but they're like the boxer dudes those guys are new too i always thought that um helmet head burnov was um a lot buffer in the nes version and he always looks like a fat ass in the arcade yeah, oh, he does. Yeah, he even has some extra belly. That's like a few months later after he's been eating more and more pizza every day, getting lazy. Eating Billy and Jimmy's. <laughs> <laughs> and then Burnov's also in um, the Neo Geo Double Dragon. It's like a fighting game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's in the Double Dragon fighting game on Neo Geo. There's two of them. The Neo Geo Double Dragon, then you have the sequel called Rage of the Dragons. It goes deep, and there's a lot of weird stuff, and it doesn't really always connect. No. You know, it's just kind of like its own thing. Speaking of uh, connecting, the um, PC Engine version of Double Dragon 2 is actually based off of the NES version of the game instead of the arcade, which is really, really cool. So the story sequences from the NES version are in it, but they're animated in that voice acting. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's amazing to check out, too. <laughs> it's freaking crazy. But to me, though, the game plays more like the arcade one combined with, I don't know, like the, you know how in Double Dragon 3 you move up and down to, like, attack enemies and, and avoid damage? That's kind of how I play through the PC Engine version of the game. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's it's really weird. Because they tend to say that it's, like, uh, you know, the same as the NES version, but it still plays way too similar to the arcade for me. Whereas the NES has, like, a distinct flavor. Yeah, yeah. And the thing with the arcade, it always felt like slow motion comparatively, like, the speed of the actual jumping and stuff. For the first, I believe, one and two Double Dragons, I'm not sure on the third, but it always just felt, like, delayed, like... Yeah. You could almost speed up the frame rate, like, a little bit. It with, like, an emulator, and it would probably be, like, awesome. I think it would work. Oh, yeah. Speed up the frame rate, make it go, like, NES speed. <laughs> For the arcade, yeah. Just... Hell, yeah. <laughs> but I do love how they add so much to Double Dragon 2. I mean, they really went all out. Like, the Williams, they now throw size, and they have pipes. You can grab the size, you can grab the pipes, you can throw the pipes or swing the pipes. They give you so many options, and it's kind of like the Linda's. A lot of Lindas have grenades now that you can pick up, and then there's also a chain whip that you'll see now and again that you can pick up. I believe, yeah, the Linda at the beginning of the uh, Forest of Death has it like a chain whip. What's funny is, though, if you look at the Linda on the NES Double Dragon 2 cover art, um, she's using a normal whip like in the first NES Double Dragon. Oh, yeah. She's not using a chain whip, so it's just one of those little... Factoids. There was something pretty, uh, pretty funny that I got to mention. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's hilarious. So, doing research for this episode, like we've played this game a million times. Um, this is one thing where people got to watch out when they look around for guides and information online. So, there on game FAQs, there is a Double Dragon Two FAQ, and it's amazing. <laughs> it's the best guide ever. <laughs> First of all. Stage 8 ends... And it says this is the final version from 2007. Stage 8 ends where you fight yourself. So you fight the the, the ghost Billy or Jimmy. That's the end. <laughs> they don't, he didn't talk anything about the Shadow Boss at the end. 
which is hilarious. There's no stage nine. And then the name of the enemies is amazing. You got thugs, muscle men, ugly women, <laughs> pugilists, pansy boys, ninjas, visor man, is super muscle men, and golden muscle men. <laughs> golden! That must be Arnold. <laughs> now I have to read them because it's amazing. <laughs> thugs. The basic enemy in the game with slick red hair usually carries a weapon of some sort and likes to cartwheel around like an idiot. So that's Williams. <laughs> Rarely attacks first and easily defeated. <laughs> that's definitely Williams. Um, muscle men sometimes carries weapons, usually either a flail or dynamite. They're slower than the thug, but stronger, of course. Does that be your roper? <laughs> yeah. Ugly women. <laughs> <laughs> We know who that is. These women like to grab whatever they can get their hands on and hit you with it as if to make up for their own inadequacies as failed fighters. Punch them until they die. <laughs> whatever they can get their hands on. Uh, you mean like a whip or the grenades? <laughs> Punch them until they die. Jeez. Misogynist, man. <laughs> the pugilists. These guys are truly worthy. They never carry weapons and are only interested in seeing who is who is the more proficient fighter. It is never them, of course, but at least they try. <laughs> <laughs> Pansy boys attack in pairs. A green-robed kid who looks suspiciously like Link. Equipped with two sticks, ah. he thinks that somehow they'll help him out in battle against your powerful fists. Those are what we call the wood chins. <laughs> so there's two chins in this game. Wood there's chins. like the ninja chins and the wood chins that have the... Uh, they're actually called Kali or Eskrima sticks. The ninjas, speed demons of the night and day, and whatever and whatever the hell they want because they are ninjas. You'll be dead before you even see them. They are pretty tough. <laughs> Equipped with ninja stars and knives, ninjas are a very dangerous foe. They're a little weak, but those motherfuckers at the end of the game, there's like a gauntlet. Oh my god, that's probably the hardest part. Sometimes they'll get, they'll get you stuck in these backflip deals where they're throwing the shurikens, and neither of the chins drop their weapons, so you can't pick them up. Nope. Visor Man, the first <laughs> boss, which appears as a normal enemy later. You might think he's dead, but he always seems to come back. Like, how about just once there, buddy? <laughs> yeah. Um, super Muscle Men, which has got to be the Obobo. Yeah. You'll first encounter this guy in the helicopter. He likes to grab you and throw you over his shoulder. With his long arms, he can grab from quite a distance, too. Now that guy we call Treo Bobo. Treo of Bobo. He looks like Danny Treo, and he has that classic Charles Bronson stash. <laughs> <laughs> the Golden Muscle Man has to be the Arnold's, because similar to the Super Muscle Man, this guy's all golden, shiny looking. Unfortunately, it doesn't help him much. <laughs> like, he doesn't even, he just talks about moves, <laughs> like punch and kick. <laughs> That's all he put. He's the best guide of all time. Yeah, it's so helpful. That's what I'm saying, though, is, like, people gotta watch out when you're researching for this stuff, because, like, anybody can put out a guide. Sure. At least it's funny. At least it's, it's worth a free smile, you know? That's, uh... <laughs> it's, it's worth a free smile. is a bobo by the way ah that makes total sense perfect so we pretty much figured it out like <laughs> that's where they got it from enter the dragon man hell yeah bolo <laughs> trail bobo guy's awesome try hope <laughs> he needs to play a bobo and <laughs> <laughs> trail bobo got some uh upgraded with some rogaine treatment too so nice head of hair nice locks <laughs> Nice locks. <laughs> They're probably the toughest in the Forest of Death where there's that shack and they can throw you down the ravine. 
Yeah. That's the spot where, like, you, you'll be having a good run, and then all of a sudden, damn it. He goes, and you just go flying. <laughs> he <laughs> yeah. grabs you and tosses you like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> now, with um, tricks as far as surviving the Treo Bobos, in the chopper level, the door opens and closes certain times during the, the actual level, which is really short. But if you get thrown toward that door, and you will you can fall out. So the thing is, if you get thrown toward that door, press the start button and unpause it, and it'll the door will just close automatically. And hopefully, if you're not too close, you'll survive it. <laughs> so it's one of those little like tricks that would be in like those books you buy at Walden Books and stuff. <laughs> Game tips and tricks. Hint tricks, strategies, stuff. That's what I always loved about um, the shows, like Video Power and stuff, and Game Pro. Watching it on TV, I'd always wait for them to like drop those hints. So definitely got to drop as many hints as we can. Absolutely. When the helicopter comes in the, the second mission, and it starts shooting at you, just be really careful and just try not to uh, wait too long at a certain spot. I think that's the problem where a lot of people hesitate when they should be moving. Yeah, I like to just dodge it, you know. If you sit there, he's probably going to hit you. Yeah, it's like a lot of the good games back in the day were designed that if you kept moving, you could kind of time things perfectly. Yeah, like Adventure Island's a really good example. Mega Man. Um, actually, the um, homebrew game Battle Kid was developed with speedrunners in mind because the guy who created Savak was a Mega Man speedrunner. So he actually devised the game to be able to be played without stopping your movement. Now, my favorite stage, I would say, is uh, Mission 8, where you go into the palace. The double illusion. Do, 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 do. Yes. <laughs> and it's got the glass floor, which kind of reminds me of the mirrors from Enter the Dragon. Mm-hmm. So Shadow Boss is living in style, man. A little known fact is that um, the last dungeon or temple from black box challenge was a was a tribute to double dragon to the final level you know black box challenge the nes homebrew that i released last year that's right uh, rpg where you collect black box games but there's a double dragon 2 reference right there it's there's actually a, the glass floor and everything it's awesome there's a little easter egg for all y'all there aren't that many people that have even played that game <laughs> give me something to track down oh yeah <laughs> The hunt is on. Good luck. <laughs> You'll need it. And as I mentioned, the, I just love the gradual environmental transition as we go from like the street slums to the master's cozy quarters. So it's pretty sweet, man. Yeah, it's 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 like literally like you're traversing the countryside, making your way toward the temple. You had to go through the forest to get to the temple type deal. Yeah, which they have in the first Double Dragon for the NES as well. The third Double Dragon for the NES is more like you go to the countries. So it's a little different. It's like a Bart versus the world type of thing. (laughs) (laughs) Bimmy and Jimmy versus the world. This is what it is. Bimmy. Love it. That's Double Dragon 3 for you. The Bimsters, like, God. How do you mess that up? (laughs) Rush job. Shit. Well, I mean, everybody can make a mistake, but that's like a... There's not that much text in the game. Like, <laughs> No. <laughs> One thing that I did think makes this game pretty damn tough is the fact that not only do you have the Bobos, Danny Trejo Bobos, but you also have the Arnold guys. And in Mission 8, you have to fight both. There's kind of like a gauntlet. So there's like, you gotta fight... Two of the Abobos and then one of the Arnolds, and then after that you got to fight the Gauntlet with the Ninja Chins, which which that actually can take a no death run, and because they're coming at you two at a time, they can corner you, and you're not in a confined space as you are the other times you fight the ninjas. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting to see like somebody doing a no death run and then just get decimated in seconds. I've seen it like so many times, but. The one thing, there is a trick with that. You all might want to try. So in that level, if you uh, go all the way, if you move your sprite all the way to the bottom of the screen, you will fall off. Um, During that scene, um, it's kind of, you're just in like one single room. It's a big like rug, like an elegant type palace rug type thing. And they're charging at you. The idea is go to the bottom right and kind of just 
chill around that area of the screen and they'll do the when they do their backflips they'll fall off the screen so that's the idea it doesn't always work you know like you'd hope it does but try it out maybe you can figure something cool out Oh, and that's one of those things where you can find, like, different glitches in the game is if you hang out by the right side of the screen, not necessarily near the bottom, but you're, like, messing with guys, every once in a while, they'll, like, glitch the all shit and go flying off the screen, like, down. <laughs> like, it's like, it goes, and <laughs> you go flying. It's like, and, like, every game's different in that way, you know? Yeah. Because you never know when something weird's going to happen. And the first Double Dragon for the NES is super glitchy. It's like, there's so many fucking glitches, it's like a craziness but the second one is pretty solid but as jeff said you'll still get your craziness every once in a while which is like holy shit look at that because the game was like tested a little bit better than the first one so you can tell like a lot of the shit was ironed out but there's still some some classics in there (laughs) yeah the first is really rigid and tough and even just getting through the levels sometimes it's like oh my god in part one where the the walls come out there doesn't really seem to be, like, a pattern. And I don't think there really is, so it's, like, that's a make-or-break point. But, so, that's there's nothing like that in Double Dragon 2, though, where it's, like, hopefully you'll get lucky and you won't get killed type thing. <laughs> get lucky? <laughs> that's the Double Dragon 1 type game, where there's so many spots where, you're like, everything has to, like, fall perfectly for you. Where in Double Dragon 2, there's more leeway... Double Dragon 3 for the NES was fucking hard, too, though, because you only have one life. You can get more characters, but once you die, that's it. Double Dragon 3 is such a hard game that you can't even use Game Genie codes to make yourself invincible. <laughs> yeah, they have more energy. It's the only code that helps with any of that. Yeah. Even looking online where people have created their own codes, there's still nothing. Yeah, that's like, crazy. <laughs> they made sure... <laughs> like, how the hell did they do that? It's amazing. They're just laughing at us, you know? Cleopatra's just laughing at us. <laughs> Cleo. Cleopatra. It's classics, though. And that that goes back to Double Dragon 2, how that's just such a... It's the fairest of the three. Fairest of them all? Yeah, it's the, the fairest one of them all. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Freaking classics, though. I mean... The thing is, is the game is so great and such a memorable experience that, you know, it obviously it, you know, caused programmers to get inspired to create Double Dragon 4, which they literally just remade Double Dragon 2's engine in into a modern game with like tons of characters and options and modes and levels and madness. Like like it, they obviously love the game as much as we do. That's why they created it like that. And they got lots of flack for that, obviously. But it's funny to me. Yeah, which is crazy, because it's, it's a total time capsule, as far as I'm concerned. And, and they even add more guys, like the Sumo, E-Honda, Tattoo, mm-hmm. TMNT, uh, Sumo Guy. Ninja Girls. Big old crates you can get stuff from, which, okay, so we have that episode in our backlog. Um, so check that out. Oh, yeah. Check it out. Definitely crazy that we covered that game before we covered Double Dragon 2. Yeah, well, I always thought this was supposed to be kind of like toward the end of the fourth season. I, I wanted to save this one because it's special, you know, for us. <laughs> it is. It's, a, it's it's our bread and butter. It's the game that we play every time we come together. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's just an easy one for us to do where we really don't have to play a game or anything like that. Because depending on how busy we are and stuff like that. So this is an easy, perfect one for us, shit. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And that's the thing, listeners, you'll you'll hear from us. But it's going to be a lot more structured going forward. Just like about new experiences and must-play games and bucket list stuff. It's going to be amazing going forward. Yeah, we don't want to jump the shark now, do we? <laughs> <laughs> keep advancing but in a positive way and a lot slower too which is completely fine because we do it for fun yeah it gives us more time to think about stuff and for the future we'll be doing uh super mario 3 extended so that'll be coming up soon that'll be really fun there's an extended version that we'll get into it you know yeah kyle actually um got obsessed with it i think i found it somewhere and i sent it to you and you had found it first and then you like got obsessed and i never even played it or had it <laughs> and then like and then you got it to me which was funny so then 
and then I was, and then I finally started to play it a little bit, and yeah, we're definitely gonna have to go in that sucker in detail. It's just, it's interesting to see where VGBS goes. Mm-hmm. Love it, love it from here on out. And I guess for a grade, I would have to say A plus oh. for this game, Double Dragon Two. Oh yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that Double Dragon Two would go A plus, and that's simply due to nostalgia factor. Uh, the game isn't necessarily the best controls that you'll have on the NES, but it's one of those that once you learn it, you can master it, and it's one of the most satisfying once you master it. And it's probably due to us paying our dues playing it. Yeah, and there's still moments where you're going good, and bam, something happens. And <laughs> it's interesting to me because it's not, it's never going to be a pushover. Technos is really good at doing that, I've noticed. Like, still making it, like, luck of the draw in a way. Yeah. All the tumblers have to fall into place. Yeah, the the gears have to line up and stop at the same time (laughs) without that goddamn spike hitting you and knocking your ass into the spikes below. Like, that shit's crazy. And then once you die once, you you start getting kind of frustrated, and then you get off your, like, zen. (laughs) Getting into a a loop of death. (laughs) (laughs) This game, you have to get used to it, because obviously, like we mentioned at the beginning, the punch left, punch right, all of those deals do take a little bit of getting used to, but once you figure out all the timing of the enemies, like, they don't really stand a chance. Um, Just your random ninjas that are a little bit more unpredictable are your only, like, problems going forward, but it's still nothing you can't handle once you freaking master it. There is that feeling with the platforming, though, that you just feel like you're gonna fall off. (laughs) Like, no matter how good you are, there's that kind of clunky feeling that actually continues throughout the whole series, and it's kind of, now it's like a, a staple. Yeah. You know? Because it's a fighting game, it's not a platforming game, but I like that because, again, it adds that casino element. Like, oh, you didn't get all cherries this time, man. Sorry, you gotta do it over again. <laughs> cherries! <laughs> <laughs> Waiting for that perfect jackpot to fall, you know? <laughs> Freaking classics. Yeah. But that's with a lot of old school games. You know, they're kind of unforgiving. If you make one or two mistakes, fuck, man. You might as well just press the reset button. Cause... Yeah, make make a couple and you die. Yeah, and then I guess we should talk about, um, at least for the final boss... Oh, yeah. Pretty epic fight, you know? One of the most epic I can recall as far as a NES boss. To me, it was, like, completely unexpected. Marion is apparently dead now, and you have to bring her back to life, so you're, like, fighting for her life. It's pretty cool how they do it, and then the whole halfway through, or when you get closer to the end, the, uh, the scene changes, and the whole backdrop... Of, like, that palace scene kind of shoots out, and it's like, oh, shit, here we go. The, the music, music gets all <laughs> epic, and that's how you fucking do it, you know? It's very cinematic. Yes. Love it. And he can whoop the shit out of you. I think he takes two pellets of your health, like, at a time. He does that, like, somersault kick. That's badass. And his uh, and his hurricane spin. Ooh, the punch thing. Yeah, it's like my favorite. That's fucking cool, man. And then he disappears, kind of like the uh, the mission eight bosses when you fight your your soul soul brothers. Mm-hmm. Soul brother. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I just stick to the knees. I kind of try to avoid him a little bit when I know he's going for those big moves. And then you know, just going for the kill when you can, and don't be afraid to throw some damn knees, man. That's the key is that throwing the knee and then anytime he disappears is like after a second you're gonna want to do a hurricane kick just to catch him because he'll he'll try to sneak up on you. <laughs> yeah, and I've seen people beat Double Dragon two and three with straight hurricane kicks the whole way through. So there's like so many ways you can do it. You know, I prefer to mix it all up because you know you gotta have like dynamics in your fighting technique. You know what I mean? Well, I think it's fun that way. Yeah. Uh, but me and Jeff will just play sometimes and see how how many knees we can get in a row or how many, you know, <laughs> and just laugh. And What I was wanting, though, what I think would be hilarious if they made a hack of this game, but you could, like, bounce the guys off each other. Juggling. Yeah, we've always said that we wanted to 
be able to juggle the characters. And here's the irony, is in the Double Dragon 4 trailer, they show that. But you can't do it in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we were excited initially. Yeah. And that's all I want in Double Dragon 2, though, is just somebody to make it so that way you can continue to hit the ki- the enemies. And it would be literally all you'd have to do is do the hitbox and, and modify it. But, like... I just I just want you to be able to continue to juggle them. That'd be amazing. Because then we could just continue to like knee and kick and hurricane kick. <laughs> yeah, I can see how many you could do. <laughs> boom, boom, pow, pow, that would be the ultimate. <laughs> just the noise. <laughs> and then like just the other thing with the hack just being like a Bobo or Arnold would be cool to play through the game. Like Double Dragon Four, how they have that. Yeah, Double Dragon 4 definitely did that part, which was awesome. It's just the jug- the juggling is nobody has done. That's the key. Then we can't forget the, the classic um, when we did the VG Masters Club challenges back in the day. So oh, yeah. uh, we ran a website, vgmastersclub.com. We had an emu zone where you could play emula- emulation in a browser. And this was before that was a thing, because now there's websites that do it, and they you know charge money or something, which is illegal. Yeah. Back in the day, I wrote like some code to be able to do it, and we did the VG Masters Club Challenge, which essentially you would play in the Emmy Zone and take a screenshot. And the Double Dragon 2 Challenge was to um, take a screenshot of Neen Helmet Head off of the side of the first stage and watching him go flying, and he had to take a screenshot of that. It was like, that was the classics. Leading him to his doom. Boom! Right <laughs> off the girders. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> So satisfying, though. It might be the most satisfying thing ever. It's like a little classic uh, classic Island Jeff history, too, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. So many little things. That is probably my favorite uh, way to kill a boss in the game. It's like a little trick, because you don't have to, like, take his energy down. You just, it's done, you know? See ya. And there's some there's some risk, because if you get really close to the edge and Helmet Head, for example, grabs you, you know, you, he could throw you off, potentially. Um, when he's punching you, you know, after he punches you, you kind of, like, fly off a little bit. Yeah. I almost feel like he's doing, like, a, a straight hand, like, chop, like, stabbing you with his fingers, like, push, push, push. <laughs> yeah, they make it look brutal, though, for sure, and... That's the other thing. That game is brutal in a lot of ways. It's so brutal that you just laugh. Oh, yeah. You know? For sure. (laughs) (laughs) And the the sound effects definitely add to that. The music's incredible. The story's incredible in the way that it leads you through. Fucking the best, man. The best. And the box art's incredible, too. I mean, you just can't go wrong, dude. That's actually, like, one of my favorite box arts ever. So well done. Yeah, this is one of the ones that's always been on my NES shrine, my NES game shrine. Actually, I have Double Dragon 1, 2, and 3 on the NES game shrine. But Double Dragon 2 is just an amazing one. It kind of reminds me, the artwork reminds me like the Eastman and Laird, like the Turtles comics, how you have that like dark city feeling. It's one of those few that has like a full painting to it, to the cover. Oh my god, it's wonderful. <laughs> So, any closing thoughts, remarks? Or? Um, I would just highly recommend anybody who plays this to, number one, play it cooperatively if you can. And then number two is master that knee. Um, being able to do it without just rapidly tapping, but actually just strategically pressing the the buttons is the, the key to mastering the knee. Because back in the day, I used to just tap the buttons at a, a certain tempo, and I'd be able to do the knees. And I, it would be, I would be tapping them two or three times to do one knee. Whereas you can just do it individually and master the knee. So that's probably my favorite thing and my biggest hint I can give players who are trying to get into Double Dragon 2 mastery, for sure. Um, I agree with you, though. A-plus game, all the way. Yeah. Once you get used to it and you've played it for years and years, you wouldn't want to change it, a bit of it. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. So now, I guess, we need to mess with the Famicom version and see what's up with that. Exactly. It's amazing. That sounds fun to me. Sounds like mastery. So next time you're you're down, because that'll probably be, what, November or March, one of the two, we're going we're gonna to play the Famicom for sure. Rock it. 
Hell yeah. Sounds amazing. Fuck yeah, dude. And then we also got to play Double Dragon 2, the Revenge of the Clone Bosses Edition, which is a hack of Double Dragon 2. Yeah, yeah. Check that out, people. That's crazy. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's like <laughs> bosses everywhere. That's good for a, a nice romp and a nice laugh, too. <laughs> it's really cool, though, because it it makes you realize how hard it could be. And then when you when you play the normal version, it's, like, easy. For sure. Yeah. It's like those donuts on the bats in baseball, and then when you swing the real bat, it's, like, lighter. It's, like, a really cool training idea, actually. You're fighting, like, Arnold's everywhere. <laughs> then when you go back, you're just like, really? Williams and Linda's? Okay. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, I think we're good, brother. Yeah, there we go. Cheers to Double Dragon motherfucking 2. Damn right. Thank you for listening to VGBS. We appreciate everybody taking the time to get through this whole uh, arduous podcast. We love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to correspond with us, you can email us at vgbspodcast at gmail.com. We also have a phone number. It is... 262264BGBS. You can leave us a voicemail, shoot us a text message, um, whatever you want to do, correspond. Also, comment on us, shoot us a message on Facebook, Twitter, Google. We love hearing what people um, think about the podcast. All right, see you later. Woo! Later!